You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest growing brands on the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? Keep listening. Welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I am joined today by Caroline Cotto, who is the COO and co-founder of Renewal Mill. Caroline, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. So what is Renewal Mill? Tell us. Uh, So Renewal Mill is an upcycled food company that's really focused on fighting food waste at the manufacturing level. So we take the nutritious byproducts left over when you make things like plant-based milk and turn them into functional ingredients which we sell to other producers who want to use them in their own products, as well as use a subset of those ingredients in our own products, like baking mixes and ready-to-eat cookies. So upcycling has been a very hot topic of conversation, I feel like, for the last few years. But share a little bit about your particular story and why you have chosen to make this your mission. Yeah, this really came out of my co-founder's firsthand experience with food waste. So prior to Renewal Mill, she founded Boston's first organic juice company and was taking a lot of effort and care to source like premium organic produce from locally grown farms and was kind of devastated at the end of every day being left with a mountain of fruit and vegetable pulp that she you know, couldn't mm-hmm. use. She was trying to make it into muffins and crackers, but there was just too much of it. Um, And then we had a fortuitous meeting with the owner of one of the largest tofu companies in the country who supplies tofu nationwide to places like Chipotle and is in every Whole Foods and Target. And he was basically like, you think you're making a lot of pulp in your tiny juicing business? You know, I'm making tons and tons of pulp at my facility every week. Literally. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And we knew that there had to be a better way that, you know, the pulp left over when you make soy milk, which is the first step of making tofu is packed with fiber and protein and that, you know, we were just kind of giving it to animals at best or at worst, sending it to landfill. And so we wanted to find a way to keep all of that fiber and protein in the supply chain and use it to feed people. I think it's such a a brilliant and important concept. And, but it was, it hasn't really taken off until recently. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's the the new um, administration? Do you think people are just starting to really see the effects of what's happening environmentally with all of the um, the dire straits that have been, you know, coming around the world as of late? What do you think, or, or, or was it just a groundswell? Like this was just enough people talking about it for a long enough period of time that people are st- just starting to pay attention more. I think it's a combination of those things, but I think, you know, people seeing very real effects of climate change around them. Mm-hmm. I, I live in California, you know, the wildfires here over the last few years have been really tragic. Um, and I think people, especially during the pandemic, when they were cooking more at home and really paying attention to their purchases and food, were starting to realize like, oh, you know, I if I don't use all the food in my house, what happens to it? You know, it goes to waste. And this is a, a problem that's just magnified at scale. Um, I think when we started this company back in 2016, people were just starting to hear the statistic that 40% of food mm-hmm. globally goes to waste. And I think now that's kind of a baseline. Like people know that food waste is a problem, but now they want to know what they can do to help. 
Um, and upcycling is really a consumer driven solution to food waste. So as people have become more aware of the issue, they've become more spurred to action. And I think that, um, you know, things like Whole Foods naming upcycled food a top 10 trend for 2020 really helped accelerate this um, into in the public eye and people became more aware of, of what they could do to help um, in, Interesting. in part of the upcycling movement. So it sounds like it was uh, like awareness and visibility, but then it takes a lot of time for people to take the awareness visibility piece and turn it into action. So you believe that the pandemic, because people were at home and they were seeing it firsthand every single day and there was really not a whole lot else to focus on. I know I was pretty food obsessed during that time (laughs) um, that you think that that's what accelerated this conversation. I think it's a piece of it for sure. Um, I know there was a study done by New Hope Network that runs some of the largest food trade Mm -hmm. shows during the pandemic, um, asking people like, what are you paying most attention to in your food during 2020? Um, And, you know, things like sustainable sourcing of seafood or organic or fair trade. And and, um, food waste was actually the thing that people were paying most attention to, but it was the only one that didn't have a formal certification at that time. So Mm -hmm. um, Renewal Mill has helped start the Upcycled Food Association. And just this past summer, uh, the Upcycled Food Association released the first of its kind certification for upcycled food. So now people can um, get or companies can get products certified upcycled the way that they would be certified organic or certified non-GMO. And consumers can look for that seal on pack to have a guide um, of, of purchasing upcycled food that helps fight food waste, which helps fight climate change. That's so fantastic because I know there's a lot of brands out there like Pulp Pantry who we're big fans of who are doing a lot of similar work, but I didn't think about the certification piece. I I love that you are so forward thinking or your team has been so forward thinking in, um, first of all, creating an organization that focuses around that. And second of all, the certification piece, because that brings just more awareness on on the packaging. And ultimately, that's what's in front of the consumer, right? So it, I think it happened, it took a long time for the GMO labeling, the vegan labeling, you know, there's so many different types of labels. It sounds like you guys really had that in the forefront of your mind, understanding that it was consumer driven. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, definitely a fair statement. And um, we're, we're lucky that Pulp Pantry actually uses our upcycled flour in their product well, as well. I mentioned well. them. <laughs> and they uh, <laughs> also recently received this certification, which is super exciting. Um, yeah, I think we knew that, you know, if we wanted to make upcycled food a movement like non-GMO project, that we really needed a rising tide lifts all boats mentality. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's why all of these kind of companies, uh, especially startups, kind of banded together to, to make this a movement and really go out there and educate the public as sort of a united force. Um, mm. And since then, since we started the Upcycle Food Association, some larger brands have been able to join and get their products certified. Folks like Mondelez, um, Target just joined as well. So um, it's kind of a, a two-pronged approach. It's kind of this, you know, grassroots effort to get upcycled out into the mainstream awareness, but then it's sort of the bigger players who have just that brand value that can really help distribute it nationwide. Right. Well, it's really a B2B and a B2C play at that point. Yeah. So smart. 
So, so smart. Well, let's talk about the products themselves because Cody on our team baked all of the things with all of the products <laughs> that you sent over. And he is one of the biggest um, skeptics in a really positive way, right? He's like, prove me wrong, but until you prove me wrong, I don't believe it, right? <laughs> and uh, he's also a vegan, which is why I thought having him test the products was a really important part of our conversation. And I have to tell you, it came back flying colors. So Mazel Tov, congratulations, <laughs> all of the good stuff to you. Because the, the thing is, is like what I think people have this misnomer that if you're using something that's upcycled or if you're go, you know, if, if it's vegan food or if it's whatever, all these labels that people have now, that there's going to be a lack of something else. And the truth, there's, there's no truth to that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks so much. We're very, very honored. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, we lead with taste. You know, that is the most important thing to us and to consumers in general. Like I would like to say that the consumer has evolved and, you know, they're looking at certifications first, but that's just not true. At the end of the day, they want something that tastes delicious or provides a functional need for them or someone in their family. So um, that's how, kind of how we lead. All of our product development is done by a five times James Beard award winning cookbook author who specializes in alternative flowers and chocolate. So oh. um, this really is her best work. Um, and then, you know, it's a, it's a great nice to have after that, that the product is also vegan and gluten-free and upcycled. Um, but ultimately we just want it to, to taste delicious. And we do see that a lot of our customers are purchasing this product um, for people in their family that do have certain dietary uh, restrictions. So we see a mm -hmm. lot of like grandmas purchasing it for their grandchildren who are vegan or, or gluten-free, um, which is an, an ad benefit for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I love that you lead with taste because I mean, you had me at James Beard. Like I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm in, sold. But again, at the end of the day, like you're also hitting all of these um, very nuanced categories of food issues that people are having more and more of sensitivities, uh, choices in food like veganism, etc. And you really have hit every single one of those trends and needs in, uh, in this line of packaging and, and products that you've created. So I think it's quite brilliant. Um, I want to talk about the marketing behind it because of course one leads into the other, but we're going to take a really quick break. We'll be right back. Enjoying the episode? I certainly hope so, but we have no way to know unless you tell us. After this episode, please leave us a review on your podcast app of choice and let us know what you love and what you want to hear next. This podcast is all about you and how else are we going to elevate your brand unless you talk to us? Thanks for sticking with us. And if you're just tuning in, I am chatting with Caroline Cotto, who is the COO and co-founder of Renewal Mill, which is a upcycled, um, upcycled uh, alternative flour and flour-based products. Is that the best way to say it? Did I get it right? <laughs> yeah, we're an upcycled food company that focuses company. on perfect. flour, baking mixes, and cookies. Perfect, perfect. Well, take us through the product line and tell us um, you know, what makes it so fabulous. Absolutely. So our, our flagship ingredient is called okara flour. Um, okara is a traditional Japanese word, but it basically is the name for the pulp left over when you make soy milk, which is the first step of making tofu. So as I kind of mentioned, our first partner is a tofu company. So we take the pulp left over when they make their soy milk, we dehydrate it and mill it into okara flour, which happens to be a one-to-one -one substitute for coconut flour. So right now it's very popular in keto baking. It's really mm -hmm. low in net carbs. It's neutral in flavor and color. It's really high in fiber. Um, and it also has 20% complete protein because it comes from a legume. Wow. Our, yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, it's super cool. Um, our second ingredient is an oat milk flour. So similarly, we take the pulp leftover when you make oat milk and turn it into a high protein, gluten-free flour. Um, it's almost 50% protein. And it's a great thing to add to your pancakes, your banana bread, muffins, things like that. Um, kind of just adding more of that nutrition back into your traditional baked good products. Does it change any of the consistencies? Um, so both of these flours, they're not really one-to-one substitutes ah, for traditional okay. all-purpose. But we do have a one-to-one gluten-free baking flour that is a cup-for-cup um, solution. So that one features the Okara flour, but it's just a little bit easier to use. So you can use a place of our one-to-one blend in place of a cup of all-purpose in your favorite recipe. So you're not making me do the math. I appreciate that. (laughs) Exactly. And then um, our kind of bestseller products are our Just Add Oil and Water vegan gluten-free baking mixes. So we have a dark chocolate brownie, an oat chocolate chip cookie, a sugar cookie, and some fun seasonal flavors like snickerdoodle, pumpkin spice, and um, matcha chip. And then uh, we have two ready-to-eat vegan cookies, a salted peanut butter, and a traditional chocolate chip. Fun. Um, and before the break, we were talking a little bit about marketing. Since we're on the topic, tell us about the upcoming line extensions, the holiday promotions, and um, those fun cookie cutters you talked to me about a little bit before we started the recording. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, like I said, we've been doing some fun seasonal releases just to, to kind of get people excited for holiday baking season. Um, So we did a pumpkin spice cookie mix in October. And then actually tomorrow, we're launching our matcha chip cookie mix, which features um, bean to bar vegan chocolate from a company in New Jersey called Vesta Chocolate. And the chocolate itself is actually matcha um, flavored oat milk chocolate. So we're Mm. super excited about that one. Um, And then for holiday kits, um, we have a smaller format of our brownie mix that's like a brownie mug cake sachet so we're doing some of those with a, a big Cute little stocking stuffers yeah and um and then we also have one kit that's one of our mixes along with a bo- uh, a bottle of um la tourangelle sunflower oil that's regenerative organic so it's kind of a sustainable baking kit for um, people in your household who are excited about um kind of having the most sustainable products. I love it. Um, well, this will come out um, after tomorrow, tomorrow in in recording land. So you yep. can get the products today. <laughs> Go to renewalmill.com. That's R-E-N-E-W-A-L-M-I-L-L.com uh, to get your uh, stocking stuffers today and these really fun seasonals. Is it a seasonal product or do you, I mean, how, so you started in, what did you say, 2006? Am I getting that? No, that was when the uh, conversation started. Yeah, 2016. We 2016. I mean, there was officially. a six in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we um we didn't actually start releasing products until like our our we commercialized our flour in 2018, and then all of our baking mixes um, we started right as the pandemic was kicking off in March of 2020. How fun for you! But so my question <laughs> is, have you seen? Have you been around long enough to see? Is there a seasonality? Like, do, does baking during the holidays really increase in terms of your sell through? Just as a curiosity. It absolutely does. Yeah. Um, I think people, you know, when it's warm outside, they're kind of outside eating ice cream and drinking lemonade. But when it's uh, colder, definitely see a lot more people baking. Um, We have done a lot of surveys, too, of our customers of like why they bake. And most people are kind of baking for other people and for a special occasion. So if they're going to like a potluck or a birthday party, um, 
but yeah, definitely seems to pick up around the holidays for sure. Well, then this is your busy season. I appreciate even more you taking some time out to have this conversation (laughs) with us. Um, My pleasure. Let's talk about the marketing because obviously you know that that's our day job and what we love to talk about in terms of how you bring uh, products to market. So when you first launched, were people really skeptical about the flavor profiles and all of that? Or do you feel like because you had this um, James Beard award winner uh, chef and the branding is actually very modern, uh, you know, that it wasn't as much of a challenge? Tell, talk us through your, your branding and marketing go-to-market strategy and how that landed. Yeah, when we started with um, these, you know, flowers, we we started going to trade show and trade shows and saying like, "Hey, try this flower," and people were like, "It w- it was kind of too abstract because they weren't sure how to I like powder in a cup." It. Thanks, I can't yeah. use that right now. <laughs> yeah, so our first product was actually a ready-to-eat chocolate chip cookie featuring the Okara flower because we wanted to give people sort of a familiar vehicle to try a novel ingredient. Mm-hmm. And say like, oh, I love chocolate chip cookies. This is just a delicious chocolate chip cookie that happens to have this flower in it. Um, but as we've grown, you know, I think we were talking to a buyer and we were telling him our story. And he was like, why is this not more prominent on your packaging? And we had to like take a hard look and say, you know, we've really relegated all of this stuff about upcycling and food waste to the front or to, sorry, to the back of the package. Mm-hmm. Um, because we were too afraid that people would have a negative association between us talking about food waste on the package and how the product tastes. Um, and so kind of that greenwashing yeah, we, situation. Yeah. We wanted to like kind of keep that as a, a like a double click. If somebody like picked up the product, thought it looked delicious, they would, you know, buy it. And then if they also happened to figure out that it was upcycled, you know, that was great. But we've actually really shifted that because, you know, we know that we want people to understand we're really proud of the fact that we're an upcycled food company and that upcycling can have this huge impact on climate change reduction. And so we've moved that to the front of our package. So all of our bags say fight climate change really big. They say upcycled on the front. Um, They have the new upcycled certification on the front and on the back, they really explain what upcycled is um, and, and how they're having an impact when they purchase this product. And again, I I think your consumer sentiment has shifted so dramatically and um, the demographic has shifted as well of consumers who are looking for new next generation products. So I think your timing also probably had a lot to do with that. But I totally get what you mean by you kind of recoiled a little bit to the conversation because you wanted to appeal more to a mass market. But now I think people are really craving that authenticity. And I I, I, back to that... um, conversation of purchasing at home during the pandemic, you know, we had the opportunity to do all this homework and research and really understand what better for you brands looked like, including, of course, Renewal Mill. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we do it in explicit ways and also in more subtle ways. So all of the designs on our packaging are actually inspired by real weather patterns. I'm kind of trying to link. How cool is that? Yeah, that like, you know, you're having an impact on Wait, okay, so take me through. I'm looking at blue, yellow, red, green, pink, brown. What are the what are the weather patterns? Uh, so the blue bag, which is our car, is actually a tide chart. So huh. kind of like rising tides and uh, rising water levels due to global uh-huh. warming. And then uh-huh. um, the pink and yellow are like wind barbs. So kind of like wind um, wind maps. Mm-hmm. And then um, the the brown is like a heat map. So kind of like rising temperatures um, are ready to eat cookies. Um, They're purple and orange, but they're actually a map of um, temperature change over the last 30 years. 
So wow, that's, kind of that's powerful. Less, by month. Yeah. So um, it's a, a subtle, if you just kind of saw it in passing, you might just think it's a beautiful design, but there, there is some meaning there as well. I absolutely love that. That's so cute. I would never have, I mean, cute's not the right word. It's so clever. Um, I would never have guessed that until you told me that story. I hope you share that on your social channels and in your um, in your behind the scenes about us. I love that connecting the brand, the branding specifically with the um, environment and the climate and the moments that you're really helping to shift. That's so brilliant. Whose idea yeah. was that? <laughs> it was a combo of us working with a, our designer who's also a close friend of ours. But, you know, we started working with one design team and, um, you know, we were telling them what we were doing. And I think there was a very literal interpretation of Upcycled and kind of like, oh, it's like made from scraps. Maybe we should do sort of like a scrapbooking theme. And we kind of um, went back to the drawing board and said, like, you know, our name is Renewal Mill. We really want to inspire hope. And the sense of like renewal and that this isn't really like doom and gloom. It's not just like, it's not trash. It's, you know, really finding hope in something that's been overlooked before. Um, mm. And so we felt that the weather patterns was a cool way to connect, like the kind of take a forest for the trees views of what we're doing and say like, you know, this is the impact that we aspire to have. Um, I love this it. Movement. That's so cool. I mean, you're, 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 you're so articulate about the impact and the experience um, and I love this little nuanced, detailed, creative piece that really gets me going. Um, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. We are thrilled that you've joined us here on the Elevate Your Brand podcast. But did you know we have a ton more useful content on our blog page? Make sure to go to elevatemybrand.com and check out the tips and tricks that we share with you every week on how to elevate your brand via marketing, advertising, branding, messaging, social media, you name it, we've got your back. All right, chatting with Caroline Cotto, uh, COO and co-founder of Renewal Mill. Um, before the break, we were talking a little bit about your go-to-market strategy and leading with now the upcycled food movement conversation. We talked a bit about the packaging. What can we tell consumers, people who are listening in, who want to reduce food waste in their homes? What are some of the things that they can do today to have impact for tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, I think so the um, EPA has sort of a uh, inverted triangle pyramid of how to prevent food waste. Like what is the best use for food? And the, the best thing you can do is to prevent food waste from happening in the first place. So that means not over purchasing food, um, using kind of like tried and true methods of making food last longer in your fridge. Things like making sure that you don't store onions and potatoes in the same place, or that you don't store um, things that re release ethylene gas together because to, that can help um, expedite ripening in, in a negative way um, mm -hmm. that you kind of like freeze things that you're not maybe going to be able to eat before you go out of town so that you can come back and use them later. So those kind of all of those simple tricks to prevent food waste from happening in the first place. Um, and even things like carrot top pesto or some fun recipes using things that you might not otherwise have thought to use. But um, secondly would be, you know, using that food to feed people. And if you can't use it to feed people, um, then animals. And then if you can't use it to feed animals, then putting it into compost would be the best use. Um, mm. But I really think it's, it's a mix of kind of doing our part um, in our own homes, as well as realizing that a lot of food waste happens still outside the home. Um, and so kind of like making sure to, you know, when you're going to a food service establishment, 
um, not over order and, and make and help them be able to do some sort of like better inventory forecasting so that they're not producing wasted food um, yeah. as well. I'm always so proud of myself when I use everything in my fridge because I try it. We try and order, you know, on a weekly basis and we try and order. Just, we're two people, you know, we're not a huge family. We try and order just what we think we can use and I'll do things like I'll roast. If, if I see anything starting to turn, I'll just roast the vegetables and turn it into a soup and freeze it. Like making nice. sure that I can use as many things as possible. But I am the most proud of my, like, I love cooking. I love like making up new recipes. It's all really fun, but I am the most proud when I use every single thing that is um, that could potentially go bad in my fridge. I like to do a little like pantry party. It's really fun. Yeah, <laughs> um, the other thing that I've recently started doing, and we had them on the podcast as well, is um, Garden, G-A-R-Y-D-N. They, uh, they're a vertical at-home farming kit. You basically can grow your own fruits and vegetables so that you're not um, contributing to that uh, long-term waste cycle, which I also Super think is cool. another really important uh, part of the conversation. But of course, using products like yours that, I mean, they don't, I mean, they have an expiration date, but they have, it's a long expiration date on, on flour and uh, mixed uh, baked goods products, correct? It is, yeah. Um, our products kind of range from like a year to 18 months in shelf life, depending on the product. Um, but yeah, our goal is really at the manufacturing level to, to make this food shelf stable as quickly as possible, because if you don't, then it starts spoiling within four to six hours, and then you've you know, lost your opportunity to really keep that in the supply chain. So um, that's why we dehydrate and mill our product as soon as it comes off of the production line. So smart. Um, are you quantifying, are you able to quantify yet um, the savings that you've had environmentally? The, the, uh, the I guess it's the, not the negative green impact. What's the, like the reverse carbon footprint or how do you, yeah. how would you phrase that? <laughs> yeah, we definitely can can quantify the impact of using like a pound of our flour compared to a pound of um, traditional all-purpose and in the amount of water that's saved and the amount of carbon that's um, reduced and the amount of food waste that's diverted. Because when throw, you throw some numbers out there, I want to hear this. Yeah, so it's about roughly like 300 gallons of water per pound of our flour um, and about... Whoa five pounds of food waste and uh, roughly five pounds of carbon. Wow. Per, per pound of flour. So for every pound major. of soy milk that you make, you make almost a pound of pulp waste and same for oat milk. That um, is major. And when you waste that, you're wasting not only the resources that went into growing um, all of those beans that weren't, that don't end up being used, but then if it ends up in landfill, then you're also, um, you know, ha it's having a carbon impact from all of the greenhouse gases it's releasing when it ends up in landfill. Wow. Um, well, I have to say I am very honored to be having this conversation. I think it's so important and we like to showcase brands that are doing good in the world and that also have just frankly great products. So like I said, you've got Cody's stamp of approval. <laughs> Obviously, you're doing amazing things in the world. Since you have been in startup mode, uh, you know, honestly, since you started up and you're still a rather young company, any tips or tricks that you have for other entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs who are looking to get into this renewal, upcycled food movement uh, world? Yeah, I would say, you know, there's never really been a better time. I think everybody is kind of hyper-focused on it um, at, at both the retail level and at the manufacturing level. So there's, um, if you're creating a new product, you can kind of try to find easy swaps for upcycled ingredients that could replace ingredients in, in your formulation. Um, things like sweeteners, flowers, um, you know, all, all sorts of 
different ingredients. So definitely check that out. Um, head over to upcycledfood.org if you have a product that you think is in, could be certified as upcycled because there's um, lots of opportunities to get involved that way. And then there's other companies like Planet Forward that you can calculate the total carbon impact of your product um, and then learn how to offset it through carbon offsets um, so that it becomes a, a carbon neutral product. So really, some really cool things happening on that front. Amazing. Well, I mean, I have, I have to say, there's a lot of negative happening in the world right now, but talking to someone like you really gives me hope for a positive future. Thanks so much. And, and same, thanks for helping us spread the word. <laughs> of course. We have a couple minutes left. So in the last few minutes, I like to get a little personal. So these are just some quick fire questions to get to know you a little bit more as the founder. Uh, the first question is, what is the one thing you could not live without during COVID and you can't say your own product? <laughs> uh, I would probably say outdoor time. I'm a big walker, runner, rock climber. So spent a lot of time outside during the pandemic. Rock climber. So badass. I love that. <laughs> um, what is your go-to vice? Is it a, would it be a cocktail, a glass of wine? Is there a specific drink that you're, that you're into if you drink? And if you don't, what other vices are your uh, go-to? Ooh, um, I'm definitely a, a red wine kind of girl. And I think for... I have a, a pretty strong sweet tooth, so I love <laughs> wine and dark chocolate. Good thing you have all of those uh, abilities to bake cookies or you have your baking <laughs> cookies already as well. So you can just have a whole cabinet full of them. It's <laughs> a little dangerous. Yeah. Gotta, gotta I would imagine. Away. I would imagine. Um, last but not least, what is your favorite word and why? And this could be something that's had real impact for you over time or something that just pops into your head today in this conversation. Uh, I think curiosity is my favorite word. It's very much how I've approached my life and my career, kind of just like always curious about the next thing and kind of my role in it. Um, And it's very much how we approach new product innovation here at Renewal Mill um, and also like marketing to our consumers, just kind of approaching with like a beginner's mindset and and being really curious about how people perceive our products and, and how we can help them understand them better. Very cool. Um, last minute or so, I want to hand the, the, the reins over to you to share any final words of wisdom about um, renewable products, about your product line, anything you want to share with our awesome audience. Yeah, definitely. If you're interested in learning more about upcycled food and the upcycled food movement, head over to renewalmill.com. Um, you can also find us on all of our social channels at Renewal Mill. Um, and we're, we're happy to share more, but we'd love, love people to, to try some new products and, um, we're always looking for new inspiration. So if you have an idea of what you would like to see, um, we'd love to hear those thoughts as well. Awesome. Caroline, thank you so much for taking the time to share your amazing story, your products with us today and helping us make the world just a little bit better. So thank you for your time. Thanks so much, Laurel. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. Stay tuned for more from Elevate Your Brand coming up next. 